Taking them from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. No, your cleanup hitter is here. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I know I did. Man, oh, man. Can my mother-in-law and wife and their kids cook? Luckily, I can't, and I don't. Unbelievable. One year's better than the next. And I'm very grateful. All right. I barely know where to begin. There's so much to get into here. Oh, I know, I know. We've got uh, Al Franken. Uh, uh, hello. Uh, uh. He actually makes Mitch McConnell look lively, doesn't he? Now, I don't want to hear ever again that the Democrats stand for women, that they stand for women's rights, that they're feminists, that they believe in equality. I don't ever want to hear it again. The Democrats who supported Ted Kennedy all through Chappaquiddick and beyond. The Democrats who supported Bill Clinton all through Lewinsky and impeachment and beyond, and now pretend they don't. And now they support John Conyers and Al Franken. John Conyers clearly is a sexual predator, and he's been for decades. And Al Franken's been grabbing butts. I don't remember the photos. Nobody asked you if you remembered photos, Froggy. Do you remember grabbing anyone's butt? When you were taking photos, or did it occur so often you can't possibly recall? I mean, ladies and gentlemen, we have this Roy Moore story. That's different. That's different. It's a 14-year-old girl. He denies it. And then we have these guys, Conyers, one woman after another coming forward, and we have Franken with a photo. Uh, you know, let's just send it to the Senate Ethics Committee or the House Ethics Committee. You have to hear some of this. Again, I don't ever want to hear again that the Democrats stand for women. We know that's not true. It's never been true. Why? Because you support abortion on demand and partial birth abortion? How is that standing for women? Because you support the pill, the free disbursement of the pill? Is that not stereotypical? How is that standing for women? Because they say they support equal pay for women, and but they don't pay women equal pay. None of them do. But they're for women. No, they're not. No, they're not. Look at the culture. Who creates the culture in this country? Hollywood. Look what the hell's going on in Hollywood. As I said the other day, they're to take a crime tape and put it around the whole damn area, Hollywood. And mostly, who lives in Hollywood? Not exclusively, but certainly mostly, overwhelmingly, liberals, Democrats, leftists, and apparently perverts. And the media, one after another, domino, one, oh, Glenn Thrush, oh, can't fire him, New York Times, oh, Charlie Rose, he's now a joke, oh, Charlie Rose, oh, Mark Halpern, oh, one after another, after another. It was fine when stuff was going on over at Fox. Now the rest of the media, look at them. Look at them. Who creates the culture in this country, the phony culture, the crackpot culture? 
Hollywood, the media, and the Democrats. And the Democrats. Al Franken has no intention of resigning, and he's not going to be expelled. They'll slap him on the wrist, he'll apologize, and on he'll go with his abusive tactics against conservatives. On he'll go with his trash-talking of Trump and the administration in sessions. On he'll go voting left-wing, 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 like nothing ever happened. He's incoherent about the whole thing. I don't remember it the way Leanne does. Then what are you apologizing for? Then why did you ask for a House, a, a Senate ethics investigation? You either confess or you deny. I'm going to start with one guy in particular who's a loathsome buffoon with an IQ in the negatives. And that's the morning schmo, Joe Scarborough. He's so anxious to position himself as a as a thought leader, as a as a as a, as somebody who is profound that he comes off like the blithering idiot that he is. So here we have this guy Conyers. And I'll get into more details in a minute. This guy Conyers, he's an easy case. He's walking around naked. He's demanding that other people walk around naked. He's really kind of a sicko. But he's an icon. He's an icon. Like Kennedy was the line of the Senate. Joe Scarborough this morning. Cut 17. Hat tip mediaite. Go. Now, as far as Nancy Pelosi getting hammered for being an icon, you tell me, what do you, what do you call this person before this happened. A guy who was a Korean War veteran. All right, stop right here. So he comes onto the show with the intent of being a special pleader for John Connors, a Korean War vet. There's a lot of Korean War vets, you fool, who do not sexually abuse people. You, you, you doofus. Go ahead. A guy who, when he got into Congress, is one of only four black members in Congress. Nobody's questioning that. You blithering buffoon. We're questioning what he did in Congress to women. Go ahead. A guy who single-handedly started the Congressional Black Caucus. Oh, wow. Wow. Where's he getting all these talking points from? Wikipedia? He single-handedly started the Congressional Black Caucus. So we're to excuse him, ladies and gentlemen. I don't ever want to hear again MSNBC and this clown... And this clown, I don't ever want to hear again how they stand for women, how they're progressive, not in the ideological sense, but in the uh, uh, in the actual dictionary sense of the word. Oh, yes, they believe in, uh, you know, they're not backwards. They're not Neanderthal. Go ahead. Who is responsible for Rosa Parks laying in state in the United States Capitol? I believe the first black woman to ever be afforded that honor. What does that have to do with his abuse of women? He's going to make the case that John Conyers gets a pass. He's going to make the case. Go ahead. He was in Selma on that bloody, bloody day so many years ago. I would call that an icon. I would call that an icon. If you're offended by that, if you're Uh-oh. offended by Here we by go. Nancy- Here we go. Oh, what, Joe? What happens to us if we're offended by that, Joe? What happens? Go ahead. 
What's he calling a man like that an icon? Well, let me just say that you remind me an awful lot of the Bible thumpers I grew up with, and a lot like Jim and Tammy Faye Baker back in 1978 or 1970. So all of you out there who are troubled by what you're about to hear from Nancy Pelosi, oh, he's an icon of the house, and they throw this up, as a way of defending, excusing, but most of all, protecting John Conyers. Who apparently during his many decades in the House of Representatives was abusing staffers, was having affairs, made a settlement on your dime, was involved in serial cases of predatory conduct. If you don't accept that he's an icon then you must be one of the Bible thumpers who like Jim and Tammy Faye Baker back in 1978 and 79. This is what happens when you have a, uh, a, a sponge for a brain, a wet sponge that weighs you down. So desperate is this clown to position himself as some kind of a port media figure. He's a dummy. He's a moron. And Nancy Pelosi... I think we can all agree she's the genius of the House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi. The genius of the House. Here she is on Meet the Depressed, asked about John Conyers. Cut seven. Go. You said there's now a zero tolerance. Yes. John Conyers. What does that mean for him right now? Let's say we are strengthened by due process. Oh, we're strengthened by due process. I see. We're strengthened by due process, ladies and gentlemen. So Democrats get due process. I thought that was for, we were told in the Roy Moore case, that's for the courtroom. That doesn't apply here. This is politics. We don't have due process here. No. No. This is cut and dry. Where's Cory Gardner? Is he still hiding under some table somewhere? Remember him? Hey, I support expulsion because Mitch McConnell told I mean, because that's the right thing to do. Go ahead. Just because someone is accused. You, and, and was it, oh, just because somebody's accused, you know, like Clarence Thomas was accused, which was a preposterous accusation in case. Oh, just because somebody's accused doesn't mean they're guilty, you know. Wow. The Democrats have completely reversed course. The phony feminists and the left have completely reversed course, haven't they? Roy Moore's accusers are to be believed no matter what. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. But due process for John Conyers, you can't believe it. They're just accusations. Who knows? Look how they politicize this. It's incredible. People in the media, like the phony Joe Scarborough, the morning schmo, politicizes it. Nancy Pelosi politicizes it. The morning schmo defends Nancy Pelosi. Go ahead. Accusation is the two. I think there has to be. John Conyers is an icon in our country. Hold on. Four right now. John Conyers is an icon in our country. Go ahead. He has done a a great deal to protect women at Violence Against Women Act, which the left Except the women who work for him. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Violence Against Women Act. How about him? No, no, well, you know. John's an icon. Well, you know. 
John was at Selma. You know, he can do kind of what he wants to do there in the, he, uh, you know, in the office there. He started the Congressional Black Caucus. He's an icon. I mean, the Violence Against Women Act, he was behind that. But what about his predatory conduct in his office? What about his sexual abuse in his office? What about his sexual intimidation? And, hey, come on now. He served in Korea. Go ahead. He's now quoting me as praising him for his work on that, and he did great work on that. But the fact, uh, as John reviews his case, which he knows, which I don't, I believe whoa, whoa, whoa. He... Now the rambling uh, idiocy. As John reviews his case, which he knows, which I don't. As John reviews his case, does anyone know what that means? No, because she's rambling, mumbling. Go ahead. I believe that he will. Excuse me, may I finish my sentence? That he will do the right thing. Can she finish her sentence as incoherent and incomprehensible as it is? Please, she wants to finish her sentence. Go ahead. And is the right thing what? Resign? He will do the right thing in terms of what he knows about his situation, that he's entitled to due process, but women are entitled to due process as well. Well, well, the women aren't accused of doing anything. Go ahead. If he took advantage of a situation where he had an, uh, the rules of Congress, and I know you guys want to change these rules, but he got to hide his settlement. He got to, yeah, his accusers had to go through all, all sorts of craziness. So why is he entitled to new due process well, I, in I, this I, case? No, I, 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 we are talking about what we have heard. I've asked the Ethics Committee to review that. Wow. There you are. There's your feminist leader there. There's your feminist leader. All tie tongue. Oh, all mumbo jumbo. Almost sounds as stupid as the morning schmo. But we're not done. Cut eight. Go. You believe John Conyers is a I don't know who they are. Do you? They have not really come forward. And, and that gets. So you don't know if you believe the accusations. What, that's for the Ethics Committee to review. But I believe he understands what is at stake here and he will do the right thing. Because he's iconic. He will do the right thing. He'll do the right thing because he served in Korea. He'll do the right thing, John. Uh, Has he done the right thing yet? Has he done the right thing yet? There's a lady who runs this left-wing organization called Crew. Her name is Melanie Sloan. She is a litigator... She is a lawyer, and she's also a former staffer to John Conyers. And she's a lib, of course. Let's hear what Melanie Sloan has to say. Cut 11, go. Over time, my relationship with Mr. Conyers deteriorated as he became increasingly abusive to me. No, you don't understand, Melanie. The morning schmo says he served in Korea. You need to back off. You really need to back off. He's iconic. Go ahead. Scream at me and berate me. And I know I've, I've seen some tweets just saying, oh, well, you know, you're a snowflake. You can't have a tough boss. I can handle a tough boss. Uh, Congressman and now um, a minority leader, Chuck Schumer, was also my boss at one point. Mm-hmm. And he's a tough boss, but it's really not in the same, uh, nothing in the same ballpark. Uh, Conyers would berate me uh, horribly. And he once pulled me out of a meeting with domestic violence advocates, no less, and started screaming at me in the hallway 
uh, and uh, berating me, I believe, for, for not wearing stockings on some 100-degree Washington day. Um, there were other occasions where other things happened. I had organized a field hearing in New York City uh, on a, a crime policy matter, and then he brought his young child with him, and then he told me to leave the stage and go backstage and babysit the child for the entire period of the hearing that I'd organized. And then there was the other instance where I was called to go into his office, and he was walking around in his underwear. Walking in underwear? All right, folks. We'll be right back. Much lovin'. Mark Levin, the voice of America. Dial in now at 877-381-3811. Jackie Spear, who you'll recall, uh, we highlighted last week, and she was all over TV pointing out, while making allegations against a former member of the House who sexually harassed her when she was a staffer. I've been calling for the release of the names of these people for the longest time. You can hear the chorus now behind me. That's a good thing. That's what usually happens. I have the chorus line behind me, the Rockettes. That's all right. But she was all over. You remember she was giving testimony about this. and I said at the time, and I'll continue to say, name them. Name them. Well, she was on ABC's This Week with Martha Raddatz, an Obama sycophant. Usually, uh, they have a Clinton sycophant there, by the name of Stephanopoulos, but this time it was an Obama sycophant. Cut nine, go. Do you believe the allegations against Representative Congress, uh, Conyers and agree that he should step down as a result? I think that the allegations are uh, very serious, and that's why the Ethics Committee needs to move very swiftly, not wait years, but very swiftly, staff up if necessary to determine whether or not those allegations are accurate. And if they're accurate, uh, I do believe that Congressman Conyers should step down. So you can't say at this moment whether you believe them? Well, I, I don't think we know. I think oh. that that's why the Ethics Committee needs to be brought in. I think Let's stop right here. So here we go again. Due process, innocent until proven guilty. Now, you've heard me use these phrases. You've not heard Democrats use these phrases when they're attacking the man in Alabama. Now, that's okay. I'm not a special pleader for the man in Alabama. I'm just trying to work this stuff out with you. I'm just trying to figure out where these people are coming from. I thought the accuser, if the accuser is a female, is always right. And it's guilty until proven innocent. That's what I thought. I thought this is where the left had taken us. Now, their, uh, their moral uh, compass seems to be swinging in every direction imaginable. Go ahead. Are presumed innocent until proven guilty. And while oh. this is not a court of law, it's a court of public opinion, I do think that they are very serious. Okay, she said nothing. Absolutely not. And this is Jackie Spears, uh, Spear, excuse me, Jackie Spear, who testified last week and who made the point that this is a very, very serious matter. Uh, we're told that uh, this is a huge problem on Capitol Hill. They're passing laws to control each other. They're passing rules to control each other. They're passing mandatory training 
to train each other to do what most of us do anyway, which is be nice. Hands off. Hands off. Don't touch another person who doesn't want to be touched, right? If somebody works for you, somebody works for you, don't abuse them sexually and so forth and so on down the list. And yet, and yet now we get the due process and you can't be sure about the accuser. And where's Cory Gardner? I'm going to keep asking. Where's Waldo? Where is Waldo from Colorado? Cory Waldo Gardner, for now on, that's his name. Where's Waldo Gardner? He's nowhere to be found. Well, we're going to expel that guy as soon as he steps into the Senate. Because that's what Mitch McConnell told me. By the way, did you read the piece in the uh, New York Slimes over the weekend? Did you read the piece, Mr. Producer, where Mitch McConnell's hacks are leaking left and right to the New York Slimes, as they always do, and they leak the political and the Washington Compost, because the left wants to keep propping up Mitch McConnell, because they know he's no damn conservative, that's for sure. And they know he will grow the government as long as he gets to be the leader. Hey, you're the leader. Anyway, uh, oh yeah, they lay out the case there that if uh, we lose the Senate, it's Trump's fault, not McConnell's fault. And it's due to Roy Moore. Oh, they lay out the whole circuitous argument. It goes on and on and on. As if the New York Slimes is there as a scribe listening to McConnell, laying it all out. Poor Mitch McConnell, principled man. Statesman, above it all, he cannot convince Trump. He cannot convince Trump to pick one of his 1,700 options uh, when it comes to Alabama. We can't leave it to the people of Alabama. Hey, can't leave it to the people of Alabama. No, got bipartisanship going on here now. Everything goes into the ethics committee except him. He's got to be expelled. We got to block him. Bipartisan on this now. Come on. By the way. I told you all the amendments that we get back there in the Senate here. Nobody gets... Ah, shut up, you idiot. Anyway, there's Angela Rye, former Congressional Black Caucus executive on CNN today. Cut 10, go. I think that it's unfortunate that yet again we see the hypocrisy in the Democratic Party. There's no call for Al Franken to resign. Oh, ma'am, yes, there is. There is a call for Al Franken to resign. Yes, there is. I mean, I've been calling for him to resign, haven't you, Mr. Producer? Let's continue. Go ahead. ...member on a subcommittee on judiciary that's very, very important. But there's been no call for him to step aside while... Now, let's just stop here. Notice all they talk about on the left and the media. Politics, politics, politics. What about the women? What about the women? What about the accusers? They don't even talk about the accusers. If they're right, it's very serious. Well, why shouldn't we believe them? They're very courageous, right, for coming forward. This is what we've been told. They're correct, but apparently not so courageous when it comes to a liberal Democrat. Go ahead. Investigation that is non-existent right now. There have just been calls for an ethics investigation on his part, and there is literal photo evidence of Al Franken doing the same thing. But let me tell you what's different, Kate. Political expediency. This is the problem with the party. This is why people see us as the same as Republicans. You have to treat these things fairly. And what I will tell you as the former... I am. They both should resign. And if they won't, they both should be expelled. What do you think about that? Go ahead. Executive director is that far too often 
are members who are the most senior ranking, are members that have the most desired position in the House, get targeted in very strange ways. There were ethics probes while I was in whoa, 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 whoa. So now Conyers is being targeted in very strange ways, including apparently by, uh, I've got to get the name straight here, by Melanie Sloan is her name? By Melanie Sloan, who's a leftist who used to also work for Schumer, who runs this left-wing group called Crew. There's some reason, some reason they're targeting now Conyers. These are people who worked for Conyers who are now targeting Conyers for some reason. Could it be that this Hollywood thing has exploded into the public uh, uh, arena? That the media thing has now exploded into the public arena? Now the Democrat thing, and I'm sure there's some repubes too, exploding into the public arena? No, 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 you don't understand. Let me tell you where she's going with this. It's racist. Go ahead. Director, four of the six ethics investigations ongoing were for African-American members. Are you going to tell me that Maybe. black members are more unethical than white members? I would tell you no. And so, so wait, I, would, okay. I would, I would, I'm not finished. I would ask oh. this party to really take a hard look at what is really different here. I stand with the 12 members. All right, thanks. Not That's just enough. So, ladies and gentlemen, the Democrat Party is racist. Leave John Conyers alone. He's iconic. The Democrat Party is racist, in addition to being anti-woman. Look at all this, Mr. Producer. It's unbelievable. But Angela Rye, of course, is dead wrong. They're circling the wagons and defending Conyers. You heard Mumblemouth, Nancy Stretch Pelosi, defended him as poorly as she could. You even heard Jackie Spear defend John Conyers. Uh, you've heard many people defend John Conyers. And the accusers are getting short shrift here. And then there's Al Franken. Not the line of the Senate, the comic of the Senate. Al Franken, John Conyers. Let's listen, shall we, to Gregory Meeks, to Hakeem Jeffries, to Maisie Hirono, to Richard Blumenthal, to Ben Cardin, to John Jeremendi. Who are they? They're your representatives. Cut one, go. Do you now think that your colleague Conyers should resign from the House? No. What do you think should happen to him? Should he resign? That's uh, the question that will have to be determined after the investigation. Do you think Congressman Conyers, you sit with him on judiciary, should he resign? Well, I think the ethics uh, process should proceed. Uh, the ethics investigation should be thorough. Should these two men continue to serve in Congress? Well, I just heard about uh, Congressman Conyers' issue. Uh, I supported uh, the Senate Ethics Committee looking at Senator Franken. I think that's the appropriate place. Al Franken has been accused. Do you think he should resign? I think that that is a distraction to be talking about resignation. Should uh, uh, Senator Al Franken resign from his seat. Well, I think there ought to be a very thorough ethics investigation. Oh, there you go. We need an ethics investigation on the photo where he has his hands on a woman's breasts while she's sleeping. No, oh, no, 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 you don't understand. That's Photoshop. No, no you don't understand. Uh, he was just pretending to have his hands on her breast. He was just pretending to thrust his tongue into her mouth when they were when they were doing the uh, the the uh, warm up to the play. No, he was just pretending to grab the woman's butt. He was uh, he was just uh, no, you don't understand. And then we had remember last week. He's a comic. What do you want? He's a comic. This is what comics do. 
He's an icon. He's a comic. He, this one's a comic. That one's an icon. Oh, that one served. This one didn't serve. That one's white. This one's black. It must be racist. Now we have little Dick Durbin, who represents short people in Illinois, and I might add, very poorly. Very poorly. Little Dick Durbin on CNN yesterday about Al Franken. Cut to go. Now that more women have come forward, should Franken resign? Listen, uh, Al Franken has acknowledged what he did was wrong. and it No, 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 no. You're a liar, Durbin. You know what? When Fred Thompson told me you're the most despicable member of the Senate, he wasn't kidding. Al Franken has acknowledged what he did was wrong. No, he hasn't. He's basically said that he's, you know, he's disappointed in himself because these women believe what they believe about what he did. Go ahead. He's also submitted his whole case to the Senate Ethics Committee. Wow, how magnanimous of him. His case was going to that phony Senate Ethics Committee no matter what. No, you don't understand. He submitted the whole case himself to the Senate Ethics Committee. Wow, what a guy. Go ahead. I think that was the right thing to do. Let's have a hearing, an investigation. Uh, let's let this uh, process. really reach whatever conclusion it's going to reach, but through a due process. Oh, uh, you see, because the accusers, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. You can't just believe what they say. I mean, that's not our system. It's not healthy. We need to have due process. Due process. Go ahead makes sense. Uh, others who have tried to run away from charges, uh, you have to say Al Franken has faced it, uh, and he's done it in a responsible way. I think it's the way to approach it. Wow. So now Al Franken is responsible. Al Franken is responsible now, ladies and gentlemen. They have a photograph. Nah, you don't understand. He's admitted that that's a photograph. And just because... Leanne Tweed misconstrued the hands on the breast and the... Hey, due process, due process. Goes to the Senate Ethics Committee and he's responsible. He's handled this in a responsible way. No, he hasn't. And I'll explain more about that when I return. How many colleges can claim that they're 100% financially independent... From both federal and state governments. In fact, I can think of only one college in the entire country that refuses government funding of every single kind, not one penny, and that's Hillsdale College. Why? Because government money comes with strings, and Hillsdale refuses to have government bureaucrats dictate what and how they must teach or run their campus. From the beginning in 1844, Hillsdale has provided a world-class education that upholds America's founding principles and preserves the blessings of civil and religious liberty. Everything Hillsdale does, from the financial aid that 97% of its students receive, to the completely free online courses it offers you, depends on generous donors who recognize the worth of independence. Financial freedom preserves the integrity and excellence of a Hillsdale liberal arts education. Attracting the nation's brightest students in scores of fields of study, from music to biology to business, Hillsdale College teaches their students to pursue truth, and defend liberty. Learn more about how Hillsdale College helps all of us become better, more independent citizens, and how you can help Hillsdale further freedom at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. 
How much time do I have, Mr. Producer? All right, here's Al Franken. Al Franken on, uh, what is it, WCCO-TV yesterday, hat, tip, right, scoop, cut, five, go. I think with all due respect, I think people are going to look at this and find it hard to believe that someone such as yourself wouldn't know that they were grabbing somebody's butt. I can understand how people would feel that way. What do you mean? You can... yes, uh, this isn't a gestalt session, Senator. That's assault. I can understand how some people would see it that way. Does this guy sound apologetic to you? Does he sound responsible to you, to quote the late, great little Dick Durbin? Go ahead. The hand on some woman's butt. You know, I, I, I can't say that that hasn't happened. I take thousands and thousands of pictures. We, sometimes in crowded and chaotic situations, uh, I can't say I haven't done that. Now look at this. I can't say that it hasn't happened, that is, grabbing a woman's butt. I take thousands and thousands of pictures in crowded, chaotic situations. This is all performance. I can't say I haven't done that. Look, folks, I don't care if you're in a crowded situation or not. If you take your hand and grab somebody's tuchus, you know you're grabbing somebody's tuchus. But he can't say it because he's afraid more people are going to come forward. That's what he's afraid of. Al Franken had a little presser today on Capitol Hill. The iconic Al Franken. Cut four, go. You made it clear you're not going to resign your Senate seat. There have been a lot of accusations against a lot of people that have been in the conversation lately. In your view, what's the bar for someone like you to have to resign? What kind of behavior demands a resignation? I am not... I'm, I'm not going to get into that or speculate on that. I'm not certainly not going to talk to anybody else. This is what I've been trying to do. I've been trying to take responsibility by apologizing and by uh, apologizing to the people I've let down. And uh, I'm going to work to regain their trust. I am going to be accountable. Uh, I'm, we are going to cooperate completely. Uh, with the ethics investigation. But what exactly is he apologizing for? If he can't say he remembers grabbing some woman's tuchus, uh, you know, there's a lot of photos, it's crowded and so forth. If he says in the photo he didn't grab Leanne Tweeden, actually, even though he apologized for doing it, that it, that, that he's, he's concerned that she took the kiss a different way than he took the kiss, uh, because it was acting, after all, he's a comic. What's he apologizing for? He's not, he's not confessing to anything. Well, look, he's acting responsibly. He's acting very responsibly. Yes, he is. Why doesn't anyone call for him to resign? We got geniuses all over the place. Well, many of us have called for him to resign. Why don't you join us? All right. We'll finish this up next hour. And then I'll move along. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. 
Now broadcasting from, from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Well, let us finish up here for now with Al Frank, Al Frank Froggy. Al Franken on Capitol Hill today, who I'm told has been apologizing, and yet apologizing for what? I'm sorry the women took it this way. It certainly wasn't meant. I take a lot of photos. I, uh... Cut three, go. Yesterday you were unable to answer the question of whether more women would be coming out with allegations. It does mean that that's a question that only you can answer. What is the reason, can you tell us, that you can't definitively say that more women would not come out with more allegations of these kinds of things? Sure. If you had, you know, asked me two weeks ago, would any woman come forward with an allegation like this, I would have said no. Stop. So this was a planned response to a question he knew he would get. But I want you to think about what he's saying. If you had asked me two weeks ago, would any woman come forward with an allegation like this, I would have said no. So he's actually disclaiming what Leanne Tweeden had to say. And he's done it this way, and he did it another way recently, which is, you know, he's sorry that she took XYZ this way. So she misinterpreted when he was sexually harassing, if not sexually assaulting her. She misinterpreted it. As far as the women and squeezing their butts when he's taking photos, I'm sorry they took it that way too, he's saying. And besides, it's a crowded area, and maybe they, you know, they were confused about what was taking place. Go ahead. And so I cannot speculate. Uh, this has been uh, a shock, and it's been extremely So it's, it's been a shock. What has been a shock? That these ladies have come forward? Is that what's shocking him? You can see what he's saying here and how he's and how he is positioning himself. Durbin says he's taking responsibility. They're sending it to the Senate Ethics Committee. No, he shouldn't resign. No, he has a right to due process. They're saying the same stuff about Connors. But I'm focused on Franken right now. Because he's white and I want to really hammer him. I want to be equal here. And Franken, he's shocked at the allegations. These women have taken them that way and for that he is sorry he's not sorry for sexually harassing them that's the point he's not sorry for what he's actually done there's a picture yeah you know his hands yeah, he's not touching maybe touching uh, maybe barely the clothing but the breasts I don't think so and I don't know and you weren't there you weren't there you can't trust the accusers hey a photo has, what, a thousand words? Ah, you don't know. Due process. I'm all in favor of due process. But I thought the left wasn't in favor of due process. Allegation made against a male by a female. Case closed. Particularly when you have a damn photo, right? Apparently I'm wrong. Go ahead. 
I am embarrassed. I feel ashamed. Um, what I'm going to do... Whoa, whoa, whoa. For what? You haven't confessed about anything. Go ahead. Go. I'm, I'm going to start my job. I'm going to go back to work. I'm going to work as hard as I can for the people of Minnesota, and I'm going to start that right now. All right, so... Franken, I hate to tell you this, folks. He's in the clear now. Franken is in the clear. That didn't take long. Somebody comes forward. He already has the explanation. He takes thousands and thousands of photos. The environment is very difficult. There's a lot of people pushing together. So he knows he's been grabbing ass for God knows how long. Excuse me, but that's what's been going on. But doesn't matter. He's got his answer. Ethics committee. Due process. Case closed. Conyers, icon, you're racist if you raise it. Besides, he's 88 years old and served in Korea, and uh, what's wrong with you? And you wonder why we can't get anything fixed around there. You wonder why? This is why. Now, I want to move on. There's this, this entity, this entity, which is an unconstitutional entity. Let's see here. Let me just get it the right place. Because I wrote about this in the Liberty Amendments because I was appalled by this entity. It's called the the, um, Dodd-Frank Wall Street Reform and Consumer Protection Act, a.k.a. Dodd-Frank. It created this entity, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Now, those of you who have the Liberty Amendments, it's right there, right in the middle of the book. I want to tell you about this. Excuse me. The law is, and I wrote this in the Liberty Amendments, is as offensive to the Constitution as Obamacare, again violating separation of powers and insulating broad policy-making decisions from the citizenry. Under Dodd-Frank, Congress established the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, that's what's being argued right now, the CFPB, which has open-ended power to prevent certain financial institutions from committing or engaging in, quote, unfair, deceptive, or abusive practices respecting a consumer financial product or service. No statutory definition for unfair or deceptive acts or practices is provided. The CFPB has exclusive authority to prescribe rules issue guidance, conduct examinations, require reports, or issue exemptions with little legal recourse for those affected by its decisions. So you have a a new branch of the federal government created by Congress, signed into law by Obama, which they cannot do with this massive authority. And they just call it consumer protection. Oh, consumer protection, well, I'm for that. All right, next. What's the next issue? It's even worse. Ready? Congress has no appropriating authority over this entity, for the law authorizes it to fund itself by unilaterally claiming funds from the Federal Reserve Board. The director of the CFPB alone determines the amount of funding that the Bureau receives from the Fed. You ever heard of anything like this? So your representatives are meaningless. The law also prohibits explicitly the House and Senate Appropriation Committees, from even attempting to review the CFPB's budget. No oversight whatsoever. 
and the director receives a five-year term, he can be removed by the president only, quote, for inefficiency, neglect of duty, or malfeasance in office, unquote. So the president, who runs the executive branch, who is the executive branch, cannot remove the individual who is appointed as the head of this entity, except for cause. Except for cause. I'm not done. In addition, Congress established the 15-member Financial Stability Oversight Council, sounds like the Soviet Union, and granted it broad executive powers. It is open and a discretion to designate non-bank financial institutions systematically important, from which flows wide-ranging regulatory authority over these businesses. The law actually prohibits agreed parties from challenging the legal sufficiency of the council's actions and conclusions in court. Due process, oh, but not here. The delegation of colossal power to an administrative state, authority the Constitution grants to individual branches of the federal government, violates the separation of powers doctrine, including Congress's legislative authority and power over the public purse, and presidential prerogatives in determining whether to fire an executive branch employee. It also thwarts the public's ability to participate in major legal, social, cultural, and economic decisions affecting their lives through the grant and expansion of lawmaking power in bureaucratic fiefdoms like this one. It's largely immune from legislative oversight and input. Now you might be saying, why the hell would Congress denude itself of power? And I explained it. It would seem counterintuitive for Congress to surrender its own power to executive branch entities of its own making. And for a president, this case Obama, to surrender his own decision-making authority to an administrative state. But if the purpose is to centralize and concentrate power in the federal government, in defiance of our founding principles and the Constitution, as the status have preached and promoted actively for more than a century, then the frequent and broad delegation of lawmaking power to a permanent, ever-present federal bureaucracy insulated from public influence makes perfect sense. You see, ladies and gentlemen, they created this entity, this so-called Consumer Bureau, and gave it all this enormous power, like some centralized fascist entity, to oversee all of our financial institutions and quasi-financial institutions, because the progressives want their agenda to go on regardless of who is elected President of the United States. And that's why this schlub who resigned as head of this entity to run for governor of Ohio, this guy Richard Cordray, a radical leftist, that is why he appointed his chief of staff to be the deputy so when he would leave, she would be the acting head of the agency because they have no intention of handing this agency over to the elected presidential administration to influence what that agency does. It is set up by the progressives, for the progressives, with the progressives, to serve the progressives. Now you understand the battle. And as written by our friend Paul Bedard, a real reporter in the Washington Examiner, the Obama-era Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, under fire by the Trump administration, has been a Democratic Party donor bank. 
It's bureaucrats writing checks to liberals at a rate of 593 to one Republican. Research of donor records on the Open Secrets website, maintained by the Center for Responsive Politics, revealed that Hillary Rodham Clinton was the dominant recipient of tens of thousands of dollars from CFPB workers, followed by President Obama and Senator Elizabeth Warren, who had a huge role in creating the agency. Of the 594 donor entries who listed the agency as their employer, one went to Mitt Romney, the losing 2012 presidential candidate, for a thousand bucks. Several other Democratic lawmakers also received donations from CFPB staff, so you can see how it's incestuous. The CFPB uh, employees have donated almost $115,000 to various Democrats and Democratic committees. So today, Trump sent Budget Director Mick Mulvaney to the agency to be acting director after the outgoing director tried to elevate his deputy to the top job. Because you see, ladies and gentlemen, the federal government belongs to the left. It belongs to the progressives. We're not allowed to do anything to it, with it. We're not allowed to cut it. We're not allowed to defund any aspect of it. We're not allowed to eliminate any of its programs because they're permanent, because the progressives say they're permanent, and that's the mindset. Can you think of any significant cuts in the federal bureaucracy or the operations of the federal government being proposed by Paul Ryan or Mitch McConnell? No, you can't, because it's not happening. The creation of this this bureau, as I wrote in the Liberty Amendments, and as I spoke about at the time, was a bold-faced frontal assault on our constitutional system in an effort to nationalize our financial systems through regulatory authority exercised by bureaucrats who have a leftist agenda and who are unaccountable to Congress and the president under whom they serve, whose budgets cannot be approved or disapproved by Congress as they got their money directly from the Federal Reserve. This was set up when the Democrats controlled the House, the Senate, and the presidency. Much like Obamacare, they saw a two-year window of opportunity, and they ran for the window. The Republicans could have repealed Obamacare. They refused. The The Republicans can still repeal this agency. They're not going to. There's a battle over who's going to run it, but they're not going to repeal it. And now the Republicans, something they call tax cuts and tax reform, are going to try desperately to cobble together 51 votes in the Senate. They basically need 50 senators out of 52, and they have the vice president as the uh, the tie-breaking vote if necessary. In what is, to me, an abomination... We have people you're familiar with, so-called experts on taxes and finance who've completely sold out because they're desperate for the corporate tax cuts, as am I. But on the individual tax side, it is a debacle, an absolute debacle, with Republicans raising rates on so-called rich people, with Republicans taking away long-relied-upon uh, long, uh, deductions like property taxes and state income taxes and interest on mortgages and so forth and so on. They've been bouncing around how they're going to do it, whether there's a cap, whether there's not a cap. They shouldn't even be in play. You should cut rates for individuals across the board. There should be no new maximum rate 
for the... I mean, do you ever hear these Republicans on TV as they push this agenda, ladies and gentlemen? When's the last time you've ever heard them talk about entrepreneurship? When's the last time you ever heard them talk about success, wealth creation? When's the last time you ever heard them talk about any of these things? They talk about class warfare, and they're getting very good at it, which is frightening. Which is frightening. Nobody should have a tax increase under the Republican plan. Nobody. At a minimum. All taxes should be cut across the board while they control the House and the Senate and the presidency. And they should be cutting government, especially government created in the last 20 years. Or at least the last five years or ten years by Obama, but they can't even do that. And I'm going to make a prediction, and I pray that I'm wrong. I think they're going to get wiped in the off-year elections. I really do. I think they're going to get wiped out. Not because of Trump. Not because of Roy Moore. But because they're incapable of delivering that which is common sense. That which is traditional conservatism. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Republicans are desperate to get this so-called tax cut through to tell you that it is a tax cut and uh, to show that they have a legislative victory. Let me tell you something. Much has been said rightly about how Obama blew out the Democrat Party with his policies and his, his other conduct, I guess. But their agenda stands. The Democrats are prepared to lose power if it means in the long run expanding their power. They were going to push Obamacare through no matter what. They were going to push Dodd-Frank through this now agency no matter what. They got whipped. They lost state legislatures. They lost governorships. They lost the House. They eventually lost the Senate. But they won the war. Obamacare is here. This agency is still here. The Republicans in my view, are likely going to get blown out or have a very difficult election in the midterms, and they'll have nothing to show for it. If you turn off your radio and open the window... You can probably hear him straight from the studio. Call Mark Levin at 877-381-3811. Is there something wrong with that? No, I don't think so. All right. If you travel for business, book your next trip at Upside.com. And you'll get two of the best gifts anyone will get this holiday season. A free pair of Bose SoundLink wireless headphones... So you can have some peace and quiet on your business trip and the gift of a better business travel experience. Only Upside has customer service specialists who look out for you every step of your business trip. Their team is hard at work 24-7 to make sure your flight, hotel, and rental car all go off without a hitch. And they're available on demand by chat, phone, email, whenever you need them. 
All that plus Upside has great prices for flights, hotels, and rental cars. Now, to get your free pair of Bose SoundLink wireless headphones, this is all you have to do. Go to Upside.com and use code MARK. There you have it. That's code MARK at Upside.com to claim your Bose SoundLink wireless headphones just for trying Upside. It's one more way Upside is helping to reduce the stress of your business travel. Upside.com, you deserve a better business trip. Minimum purchase required. See site for complete details. That's Upside.com, code MARK. If you haven't tried it yet, on your very next business trip, I hope you will. Now, Mr. Producer... I have been straining to get my call screen up, and I have failed. So, it is left to you the arduous task of starting us off with a good caller. Go right ahead, sir. Steve, the great WBAP, the great Republic of Texas. Go! Mark, what an honor. What an honor. Thank uh, you. What I'd like to comment on is the... A few weeks ago, they were talking, our lawmakers were talking about sexual harassment training for all the lawmakers. Oh, yes. And, and it's, they're doing, you know, I think they're doing that to cover their butts, because I think what we're seeing right now is probably just the tip of the iceberg. And if they go and, let's say they decide we're going to have sexual tra- harassment training for all of our lawmakers. And let's say they start it when they go back to work in January and then finish up by the end of the month. All of them have to be trained. At that point, they're going to be able to say, okay, anything that happened before that training, we, we can't be held responsible because we weren't properly trained. Right. You and know, by the way, I, I, and they're going to argue. They're going to argue that now they've taken care of everything. they got the Senate Ethics Committee and their training. What's the problem? Let us get back to spending and borrowing and destroying. And like Al Franken today, well, I wasn't really aware that somebody might take offense to me groping them. I mean, come on. You know, where's, where's he been? It's, it's, it's a crazy thing. And, you know, if if they do that and they, they're now properly trained, okay, then they supposedly won't have an excuse, but... I just, uh, you know, I think it's crazy. But I, the American people will probably buy it. All right, my friend. Appreciate your call. Lucky. Columbia, South Carolina, the great WVOC. Go. Hey, Mark. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thank you. You you as well, sir. Uh, this, the, uh, the board, the BFPD, I get my uh, initials mixed up. CFPD. Yeah, was am I correct to understand that that was set up by the Obama administration without uh, constitutional approval? No, the the Democrats in the House and Senate passed it. He signed it, but it's unconstitutional because you can't set up an agency that that bypasses Congress for uh, for its budget that can't have any effective oversight, where the president can't fire the head of the agency at will. I mean, this is all preposterous. Well, then why can't the president? Uh, and McElhaney has been against this thing from from day one. Why can't uh, he get him in there and then uh, dismantle that whole uh, that whole program? They ought to, because now now that the director of the program has you know the power of a king, then have the king turn on the uh, agency and do and do away with it. I'm with you 100 percent. But then it sounds to me like. But hold on a second. But the director of the OMB. He, he announced that that's not his intention. He intends to fix it. See, we're always busy fixing the stuff that the progressives create. 
and keeping it in place so when they come back and they come in power, then they continue to expand their authority. Well, couldn't they combine those two agencies and then uh, cut us out of a lot of taxpayers' money? It's more than that. First of all, it's not a matter of combining two agencies. They need to eliminate this agency. I'm saying it's unconstitutional. That's number one. Number two, that's how you save money. You eliminate that agency. We've, we've reached a point in this country, Lucky, that everybody thinks every financial institution is corrupt. The most corrupt financial institution in the country is called Congress. They create all these Ponzi schemes they call entitlement programs. Then they tell us we've all earned our way to, to receive benefits when, in fact, they stole all our money and gave it to somebody else. That's the definition, essentially, of a Ponzi scheme. And then they want to oversee all the banks, all the student loan companies, all the mortgage companies, all the credit card companies, because everybody's ripping off everybody, and the noble politicians, when they're not chasing women, and the noble bureaucrats, and so they will be able to figure all this stuff out. All right, Lucky, thank you for your call. Let us go to Dave. Minot, North Dakota, Sirius Satellite, go. Good evening, Mark. Nice to uh, visit with you. Thank you, sir. Yeah, say, um, I hear this uh, Senate, Senate and ethics uh, thrown around a lot, and uh, uh, the first thing I'd have to point out, that would be an oxymoron. Uh, with, True. Uh, the, the vast majority of them. Uh, and uh, as, a, as a taxpayer that goes to work, a small business owner, um, every day takes a risk, um, I, am, I am so fed up with uh, this show that we've got going on within the House and the Senate that cannot get a thing accomplished. Anything that uh, they promised, uh, they have distanced themselves from. And uh, I think we've got um, basically uh, a Democratic Party that has uh, usurped uh, seats within the Republican Party. And uh, So I, you're I, saying basically we have a Democrat Party with a Republican wing? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that's how I see it because, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's stunning in the incompetence of uh, these individuals. Uh, you know, where in the private sector, Mr. Levin, could you find a group of people trying to solve the same problems for 40 years? Well, that's a good you know? point. And spend trillions of dollars doing it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, a, a case in point, uh, I got a, a little notice uh, for our company that, uh, that uh, one of the largest parasitic organizations uh, on the planet, uh, Job Service, was going to up our premium. And, of course, in mine in North Dakota, in North Dakota, we had an oil boom. Well, guess what they did when they had all of this cash coming in? They hired and filled every possible desk they could. And then when the roof came down and the industry slowed up, they had to lay them off. And now they actually had people that had a need uh, for the service, and they didn't have uh, the people, so of course they're out trying to pull in more. All money. right, sir. Thanks for your call. I'm I'm really not clear what we're talking about, <clears throat> but you got your point across, Dave. Verl, Hope, Arkansas, Sirius Satellite. How are you, Mark? It's great to talk to you. I've been listening for years, and you've been my teacher, professor, and just thanks for taking my call. Thank you, sir. Um, what I wanted to say is it, it just drives me nuts. That these Democrats, it seems to me like every time a Republican does something wrong, they want to string them from the highest tree. But a Democrat 
does something wrong, and they break out this book, this book of good works, and they say, oh, well, look at what he's done. He's done this. He's done that. We've got to just forgive him. And then this Democrat gets caught. We Look at his good works, all these good things. We just... They've got automatic forgiveness because of this book of good works or something that they break out every single time. It drives me nuts. And, and Varel, let me ask you this about the Republicans. How many of them have said that we should expel Al Franken? Not one. I don't remember any that I've heard. None. Not one. How many said we should expel Roy Moore if he's elected, even though he denies everything? A couple of them. A string a mile long. <laughs> I just... It's, I can't believe that people can be Democrats. How dumb do you got to be to be a Democrat? Oh, my goodness. All right, Verl. I appreciate your call, sir. There's a lot of dumb Republicans, too, I hate to tell you. There just are. Like those who are supporting this so-called tax cut, which is not a tax cut for everybody. Why couldn't they just cut everybody's taxes? Across the board. They're already being told that uh, it's tax cuts for the rich when there are no tax cuts for the rich. We buy into these categories the way Marx presented them. Oh, you know, the rich and this one, the bourgeois and the proletariat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, these are Republicans. And the reason they never want to talk about Reagan or they want to say they're doing things bigger than Reagan is because they can't hold a candle to Reagan. And the accomplishments that he had. You hear Mitch McConnell, we can't get tax cuts done in time. That's what he used to say. You know, we need more time. Reagan got them done by August of his first year. And they were really tax cuts. And they were substantial. And they were across the board. And he never used this class warfare crap. If somebody manages to earn over a million dollars... It doesn't mean they earn over a million dollars every year. It doesn't mean they'll always earn over a million dollars. It doesn't mean they go out and they buy a bunch of cars, although that would be a good thing for the car industry. No. Maybe they reinvested in their small business. Maybe they buy capital equipment. Maybe they hire more people. Maybe they put it in a bank so the bank then can turn around and lend that money to somebody else who wants to buy a car or buy a home or what have you. Money continues to work its way through our economic system. But when you run it through the government first, it distorts it. You're giving money to people who haven't earned it. You're giving money to people who are redirecting it. You're giving money to people who are taking parts of it for their own income and their own salaries. This is not a tax cut. This is a tax cut for some, a tax increase for some, a nothing burger for others. There's three groups. And when you hear them talking about the average taxpayer within this group will see their taxes go down, you need to ask yourself, what does that mean, average taxpayer, within what group? Within what group? And there's no justice in this. There's no justice in taking another 3% of the people in this country and taking them off the tax rolls where they pay nothing and then further burdening the people who are carrying the load? That's immoral. See, these guys, even the so-called supply-siders, they reject 
what we know about economics. They reject what we know about capitalism. They reject what we know about big centralized government. They have a thousand ideas for cutting corporate taxes. Great. Do they have a thousand ideas for cutting the individual income tax? No. Do they have any ideas? One, for cutting the size of government? Not now, not ever. The yearly deficit is going up. The massive debt is going up. The power of the central government is going up. Obamacare is here and it's staying here. Dodd-Frank is here and it's staying here. Well, you know, I think we're going to reform it. It didn't even exist before 2010. Well, you know, people rely on it now. Besides, we don't want to be accused of being against consumers, and we don't want to be accused of taking health care away from people, and the Democrats know what a bunch of schmoes these Republicans are. We can't even advance our agenda. We can't even show the American people how liberty works, how capitalism works, how competition works, how markets work. We can't even show them because we're too busy defending what Obama created. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Don't drag your feet another second when it comes to home security, especially now. You know, you, my listeners, you now have access to Simply Safe's biggest. Cyber Monday sale ever. $200 off Simply Safe's holiday security system. And this is a true bestseller. A 13 piece arsenal that covers your whole home. If you want to protect your family, this should be how you do it. Simply Safe has made everything about security effortless. You barely lift a finger, just order it online. It's delivered right to your door with free shipping. It takes less than an hour to set up. A 10-year-old can do this. Simply Safe has no long-term contract, no pushy sales guys, no hidden fees, no drilling in your walls, no wires, cutting-edge technology. The prices are honest and fair. It's just 15 bucks a month for a best-in-industry 24-7 alarm monitoring. With Simply Safe, you're never locked in. Go right now and get $200 off at simplysafemark.com because you know what? This offer ends today and today is running out of time. That's simplysafemark.com and these systems will fly off the shelves. So order immediately. That's simplysafemark.com for $200 off your home security system. I'm telling you, I have this system. I want to strongly encourage you to act quickly. SimplySafeMark.com, SimplySafeMark.com. Well, okay, let's take another call, shall we? Let us go to Patrick in Bowie, Maryland, Sirius Satellite. Go. Hey, Mark. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you, sir. You know, the Republicans are being blamed anyway for burning down the house, for Obamacare, for trying to re- do a tax cut and everything else. So they might as well just do it. Just you might do as it. well just do it, my friend. You're not only uh, right on, but they're going to lose the midterm elections because they didn't do enough. And they sh- if they're going to lose the midterm elections anyway, they should have gotten this stuff done. And then come back 
and battle back to take their offices again. Instead, what they're doing, and I know the uh, the lib media doesn't want to alert anyone to this, so I will. They're enshrining Obama's programs. The president is doing everything he can to get rid of the regulations he was left under Obama. But it takes statutory legislation to get rid of Obamacare. It takes statutory legislation to get rid of Dodd-Frank. It takes statutory legislation to slash our taxes across the board. The president is desperate for a victory because he's been attacked over it. So he'll take as best as he can get from this crowd. But this crowd isn't giving the best that we should get. We shouldn't have to wonder. Now, let's see. Am I a family of five earning $77,312.14 a year gross? And uh, my property taxes are under 10000 so maybe I'll be okay, but maybe not, depending if it's the Senate bill. Well, I live in a red state. Maybe I, you know, thankfully I don't live in a blue state. Hey, but I live in a blue state. Hey, it doesn't matter. And you have to sit here and wonder and calculate and all that. It should be across the board, slash the rates, do what you're doing with the corporations and get out of town. But they're incapable of it. Oh, Susan Collins, I think it should be 18%, not 15%. Or we don't pay enough for Medicaid. we got to protect Medicaid and the illegal aliens. And we, and we, and we, we can't build a wall. And, and then you got one yokel, one goofball after another. They have no principles. It's every man and woman for him or herself. That's what it is. All right, my friend, I appreciate your call. I agree with you completely. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building we've once again made contact with our leader Mark Levin Hello everybody, Mark Levin here our number 877-381-3811 877-381-3811 I want you to look around wherever you are right now Maybe you're home, maybe you're in the office, maybe you have your headphones on and you're in the grocery store listening to the program. Maybe you're in your car. I want you to look around. I want you to look around. The overwhelming majority of what you see was not created by the government. It was created by your fellow man. by the private workforce, by private enterprise, by entrepreneurs. Let's say you're driving a bridge. Well, the, you know, the government paid for this. Yes, but the, the engineering that went into the first great bridges, the steel bridges, didn't come from the government. came from, among others, Carnegie. Let's stick with the automobile. The automobile didn't come from the government came from a number of great inventors, including Henry Ford. The fuel that moves that automobile didn't come from the government. It came from, among others, John Rockefeller. The electronics in your car, they too, they did not come from the government. 
the rubberized tires that you use on your car. That didn't come from the government. If you have your headphones on, as many do, by the way, and you're in a grocery store. Let's say you're in a supermarket. One of these big ones, like a Wegmans or something that we have here. And you walk down the aisles. All kinds of food. Food within food. From God knows where. Domestic, overseas. Yes, you globalists who eat meat from overseas. Or drink wine from overseas. Or eat cheese from overseas. Oh, yes, you're a globalist. Government had nothing to do with any of it. Period. In fact, that store you're in, government didn't create that. Somebody else did. The cash registers? Government didn't create that. Those carts you push around? Government didn't create that either. The ATM machines where you need to grab some money to buy growth? Government didn't create that. What time is it? You look at your watch? Government didn't create that either. You're walking in your sneakers or your shoes? Well, you got clothes on? Government didn't create any of that. None of it. And I could go on and on and on. You're heading home. That home wasn't built by the government. wasn't even designed by the government. You take that car and put it in your garage or your carport or park it outside and you go inside. The windows, the doors, the roof, the floors. Government didn't create that. All the hardware in the house, government didn't create that. The faucets, government didn't create that. The electricity that's in your house, well, that goes back a ways. That goes back a ways to Edison and Tesla. And Mellon, quite frankly. Hit a switch, the electricity is on. Hit it again, the electricity is off. The HVAC system in your house that provides you with heat during the wintertime, government didn't create that. Air conditioning in the summertime, government didn't create that. You go to your refrigerator, another thing the government didn't create, you get water right on the outside, or you press the thing and the water comes in, government didn't create that either. The dishes you use, the silverware you use, the food you have, the beverage you drink, you've done your meal sitting at a table and on chairs the government didn't create. Then you wash the dishes off with liquid soap the government didn't create. Or you put it in your dishwasher, which the government didn't create. Then you sit down maybe on a chair or on a sofa that the government didn't create and you watch TV that the government didn't create. Maybe you go on your computer that the government didn't create. Or better yet, you listen to me, which the government definitely didn't create. Okay, it's time to go to bed. You go upstairs to the second floor or you have a ranch, you go to the end of the house... Go in your bedroom, you brush your teeth with a toothbrush and toothpaste the government didn't create. You wash your hands and face with soap that the government didn't create. At a sink the government didn't create. Then you get on your bed, a bed and a mattress, maybe a box board, the government didn't create any of that. 
Maybe you put your pajamas on. Government didn't create that. You shut the shades in your house. Or maybe you don't have shades. You have blinds or whatever it is. The curtains. Well, government didn't create that either. You get up in the morning. You do your routine in the bathroom. Leave the bathroom. And you get dressed. You put on clothing the government didn't create. You put shoes on the government didn't create. You go downstairs the government didn't create. You eat breakfast. Eggs the government didn't create. Maybe some bacon the government didn't create. Maybe a orange juice or tomato juice the government didn't create. Glass of milk. Coffee the government didn't create. And a coffee mug the government didn't create. Leave the house. And get back in your car. Which the government didn't create. I really want you to look around. And think. In your life. The value that's created. The lifestyle that's created. The assets you have. The material wealth you have. The necessities for your for basic subsistence. The government had nothing to do with it. And yet the government, if you're successful at what you do, whether you run your own business or whether you work for a business or whatever you do, the government takes. Maybe the government takes 25%, 30%, 35%, 40%. Governments at all level, maybe they take 55 60% of what you've earned. In one form or another. Well, look at the roads, Mark, and look at the tunnels, Mark, and so forth. Ladies and gentlemen, we wouldn't have over a $20 trillion fiscal operating debt and over a $220 trillion unfunded liability debt based on infrastructure or based on what the government is supposed to do. We have a massive debt any way you measure it because the government's doing things it's not supposed to do. Like redistribution of wealth. When money's taken out of the the stream of the economy, when a dollar's taken out of the stream of the economy just because politicians... And regulators say it ought to be. Because you're put in some fictitious category, and therefore you have to cough up a certain amount of, uh, of money to all levels of government, because otherwise you're going to go to prison. Not to do what the government is constitutionally supposed to do, but to do all these extra constitutional things. When you take that dollar <clears throat> out of the economy and run it through the hands of multiple levels of bureaucracy, and it comes out the other end and does God knows what, that kills an economic stream. Kills it. All this tax talk that we have going on now, all this tax talk we have going on now, you hear the so-called supply-siders, three or four guys self-appointed, who tell us that these cuts for the corporations will help America. Of course they will. So why wouldn't cuts for individuals help America? Since we individuals pay the bulk of the federal income tax, 
and corporations pay, a friend of mine who's an ambassador pointed this out to me, pay maybe 8, 9, 10% of the federal income tax. You and I pay the rest of it. Doesn't it make sense that if you slash our rates across the board, that'll create wealth too? But the problem is, folks, they spend so much money. They borrow so much money. They claim to be fiscal hawks that they say, well, we can't, we can't you know, add to the debt. And yet they make no proposals for cutting significant government spending. Unless, of course, it's the military, which we need to protect us, which is one of the responsibilities of the federal government. When you take money out of the private sector, it has consequences intended and unintended. Think about all the wealth, and I don't mean by that rich. Think about all the wealth that would find other areas to grow. Ideas we haven't even conceived of yet. That create jobs, that create opportunities. That create life-improving and life-saving inventions and technologies and products. Instead, we have what are economic illiterates on one network channel after another, one cable channel after another, one satellite channel after another, one AM and FM station after another, and of course throughout the so-called media complex. Absolute economic illiterates. And yet, ladies and gentlemen, all that we have about us, virtually all of it, was created in spite of the government. And we are taught, we are indoctrinated in our universities and below. High schools too. Of the evils of capitalism, the evils of competition, the evils of market systems, how flawed they are, how imperfect they are. How creates this massive wealth gap? Let me ask you something. You want to talk about wealth gap? Let's really talk about wealth gap. When you go into a 7-Eleven, are those billionaires in there? Are there millionaires in there? Maybe. All kinds of people from all walks of life. God knows where they are economically. On the income scale that they tell us about. People buying cigarettes, people buying hot dogs, people buying uh, whatever they're buying, candy, people buying apples, people buying, buying, buying. There's not another system, another economic system on the face of the earth that is so magnificent as the capitalist system. Not one. Not one. You can go into a 7-Eleven at 2 in the morning. I'm not proposing it. I'm not saying you should always eat there. I am saying you can go into a 7-Eleven at 2 in the morning. And for 5 bucks you can get a drink and a sandwich. And a hot dog. You're not going to starve to death. You're not necessarily going to go hungry that night. There's not another economic system on the face of the earth that produces such wealth. That's wealth. That's wealth. Or walking into these supermarkets that have become so large, with so many aisles, with so many choices, breads and, and cheeses and olives and on and on and on. 
Mankind has never, ever seen anything like this. Doesn't just happen. Actually, it does just happen. If the government stays out of the way. Who's talking about this in Congress when they talk about a tax bill? Who's standing up and saying, the reason I want to slash taxes, and that includes for individuals, and the reason I want to cut spending and limit the size of the government is because I have compassion. It's because I care for my fellow human beings. It's because I want to help the poor find jobs and opportunities and feed themselves. You think America started in there, and I'm going to use the language of the left. You think America started and there it was, a massive middle class? No. It was an agrarian society. We had this incredible industrial revolution. And I remember taking college courses with these socialist Marxist professors telling us how awful the industrial revolution was. All the pollution... All the violence against the labor force and on and on and on. Well, of course there's some pollution. And of course there was some labor management battles and so forth. That's the nature of growth. That's the nature of progress. But without it, you have destitution. You have poverty. You have death. You have a dumbed-down population that doesn't know any better. You have North Korea. You have Cuba. And so forth. What we lack are statesmen in the Republican Party. Statesmen. We'll stand up for our principles and our values and our beliefs. We'll stand up for our traditions and our customs. Who will defend the greatness of this country, imperfections and all. We lack statesmen. And so our case is never made to the American people. Not on a repetitive basis. Instead you have Susan Collins, there's not enough money for Medicaid, and then other ones are worried about uh, uh, not getting enough tax cuts for this element or that element or whatever. That's why you cut across the board. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Vegas, Nevada, KDON, the great KDWN. Go. Well, quite simply, Mark, uh, all the items that I heard you list in the previous half hour, they, they all were regulated or required laws or required some cohesive societal structure that we refer to as government, no? What are you talking about? Well, uh, you, you listed, we're on this long list of. You mean to have laws and contracts, or what are you talking about? Well, in products and items and ideas, they long they list. The list is in infinite. Yeah, what does the government have to do with it? Precisely, the, the government. No, precisely what? Is, what is, does the government have to do with it? What is the government to you, Mark? I suppose that's what. No, no, no. Listen, this is this is in jeopardy. I asked you. You you called me. What do you mean, what is the government to me? I've only written six books about it. If you read one, then you'll know what the government is to me. But that's not the point. 
What does the government have to do with the creation of these massive supermarkets? Well, every item in that supermarket is regulated by the government. So what? If every item is regulated, the government doesn't create them. If the government chooses to regulate them, for good or for worse, the government regulates them. And in many cases, for worse. But that said, it's not the government that fills the shelves of a grocery store. Maybe you're not familiar with Venezuela. Maybe you're not familiar with Cuba. Or maybe you're not familiar with North Korea. These are the paradises that ultimately result from that ideology. But I have no idea what you're talking about, and neither do you. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, the modern voice of the Founding Fathers. This is the Mark Levin Show. Dial in now at 877-381-3811. Uber disclosed a breach of 57 million passengers and drivers' records. Hackers accessed personal information like names and driver license numbers of the drivers and names and email addresses and phone numbers of passengers. Now, through this breach which was just recently announced. This personal information was actually stolen over a year ago. If you're only monitoring your credit, your identity can still be stolen in ways you may not even detect. Good thing. There's LifeLock. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats, threats you may miss by just monitoring your credit, like someone stealing from your 401k or committing a crime in your name. And if there's a problem, a U.S.-based identity restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock can help you see more threats to your identity. Go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use promo code LEVIN, that's L-E-V-I-N, for 10% off your LifeLock membership. Now's the time to do it. Visit LifeLock.com. LifeLock.com, promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, and get your 10% savings ASAP, right now. Well, it's time to take some more calls. Mark, Phoenix, Arizona, the great KKNT, go. Mark, thanks for being a great patriot. I just wanted to comment, I think the mere concept of an ethics committee is laughable. How low do we think this standard is going to be in this ethics committee? We should be embarrassed as a country for the behavior of some of these representatives. It's time we get some term limits and some better people in our in our Congress. I, I could not agree more. When you hear fools like uh, the morning schmo, Joe Scarborough, and others actually defending Conyers by throwing out uh, irrelevancies like he was at Selma, and that's a great thing, and he fought in the Korean War, and so that's all important, but you don't get a pass. You don't get a pass in the private sector, and you sure in hell shouldn't get a pass in Congress. If you're charged, if you're accused of things by somebody that's illegal or, or involves um, uh, moral issues and so forth and so on, what do you do? Is, is it a defense to say uh, all these other things you have in your past that have no... Uh, factual bearing whatsoever on it? I mean, of course not. And yet you have members of the media picking and choosing which predators to defend and which predators to attack. It's incredible. And members of... This is the problem. This is why it's so tough to break the back of this 
governing centralized monopoly. Because in so many instances, the media and the politicians are one and the same. You've got Hollywood. Look what the hell's going on in Hollywood. <clears throat> the special unit investigating out there says they have 28 open cases with more to come. 28 criminal cases they're looking at. You've got them in New York going on, too, with this uh, Weinstein and so forth. You have members of the media falling like flies one after the other. And I think this Congress thing, I don't think we've barely seen uh, what's, what's been going on up there in our uh, Roman Senate and so forth. All right, my friend, but I agree with you on term limits, but Congress isn't going to vote term limits for itself by supermajorities and then send it to the legislatures. That's going to require you and me, a convention of states, and Article 5. All right, you take care of yourself. Thank you. Sam Ridgefield, Connecticut, the great WABC. Go. Hey, Mark. Hi. Um, first of all, I've been listening to you since you were F. Lee Levin and yeah. the Sunday show on WABC. Uh, but just two comments. One. Well, you must uh, be an old guy. Oh yeah, I'm an old guy. And yeah, I like just me. went to the I went to the dentist today, and my teeth show it. So. Oh uh, boy. <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, see right there. That's the difference between our system and the British, at least for now. You go to the dentist in Britain, and they turn you away. Yep, you're absolutely right. Hence, yellow teeth. <laughs> okay, that's great. Um, Anyway, two comments. One is just with respect to whatever happened to principal tax reform. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you go back to Reagan and, and all of the, or at least from my perspective, all of his tax reforms were based on sound economic principles. Mm-hmm. You know, you had rate reductions across the board. They uh, tried to uh, disavow uneconomic um, actions like passive activity losses and put the AMT in and, you know, try to close down tax shelters and such. Um, and this tax bill just seems like the corporate reform is really the only principled aspect mm-hmm. to it. But and maybe that's just lobbying. I don't know. Um, but, you know, on the individual side, it seems like it's just simply political gimmickry. It seems to me that there's a staffer somewhere that said, hey, I know, let's just cut state and local tax deductions because everybody knows taxes are higher in blue states and mm-hmm. so we'll you know stick it to the liberals in the blue states well um why is it okay for corporate corporations to deduct those taxes but not individuals mm-hmm. and then uh my comment on the law of unintended consequences well there was a report i think last week or the week before about what happens when, you know, uh, people in the blue states realize that their state and local tax deductions aren't going to be deductible, and there was a study that there was going to be so many people that were going to move out of those states, well, guess where they're going? They're going to the red states. And you talked about Virginia, you know, a solid red state turning purple and maybe blue. What happens to Texas in that situation? Mm-hmm. And that's my You're comment. Right. All right. Well said. I appreciate it. Here's something for you to uh, noodle on. I can understand why politicians hate capitalism. I can understand why politicians hate capitalism. Because capitalism is about individual freedom, individual opportunity, individual self-worth, individual motivation, individual opportunity. And of course, in the aggregate, individuals creating opportunities for the masses, as we call it. 
So I can understand why politicians don't like capitalism, because it challenges and undermines their desire to centralize power in their own hands, social engineering, and centralized planning. I got that. But why doesn't the individual, who's not a politician, or who doesn't benefit from big government, embrace capitalism? I even hear our modern theoreticians, such as they self-proclaim themselves, going on and on about capitalism as theoretical and abstract. No, it's not. Look around you. Go to that grocery store. Don't just go to the shop. Look around and start thinking about the blessing of capitalism. It's incredible. I oppose globalism when globalism means surrendering our sovereignty. I do not oppose commerce and trade, which creates wealth here in the United States and promotes liberty here in the United States. Does that mean every industry grows bigger and more successful? Of course not. But under the contrary types of economic models, or heavily interventionist theoretical models, it destroys multiple industries and creates economic dislocation. I don't know what makes people think that they know more than all the rest of us when it comes to economic activity. Truly, I don't. But capitalism and the market system is not theoretical. It's not an abstraction. You're living it. You're benefiting from it. You're earning an income in it. We have the greatest, most successful society mankind has ever known. Not because of government. Not because of redistribution of wealth. Not because of protectionism and high tariffs. But in spite of all of that. So powerful is capitalism. George Reisman. I always mispronounce his name. But I'm a great admirer of his, and he is a well-known economist, and uh, we correspond from time to time. He points out, among many, many differences between capitalism and socialism or Marxism, under capitalism, you're the economic planner. You are. Your income, your budget, what you choose to purchase, what you choose not to purchase, whatever. You're the economic planner. Under these other alternative systems, whether it's aggressive protectionism or socialism or Marxism, somebody else is the economic planner for you. And they don't exist to meet your needs, your individual needs, because they can't possibly even know what they are. They don't exist to provide for your individual wants, because they can't possibly know what they are anyway. They exist to provide the needs and wants of their own political agenda and their own economic agenda. That's why when you go into that supermarket, that grocery store, the choices are infinite, pretty much. But when you go into the grocery store of the central planners and the protectionists and so forth, there's almost nothing on the shelves. Because the society doesn't exist for the people, the society exists for the overlords, the bureaucrats, and the politicians. It's important to understand this. It's very important to understand this. The gentleman calls from Las Vegas, 
and he looks in a supermarket, and he sees the benefits of government regulation. He sees the benefits of government regulation. If there wasn't capitalism, the government would have nothing to regulate economically. It would be a police state like it is in Venezuela or North Korea. Or pick your, pick your, make your choice. Pick your, uh, your society. So this anti-capitalist mentality, where the word has become poisonous, is something we need to fight. Is something we need to fight. This is why I've told Mr. Producer this, and I've told the, the folks that work with me at Levin TV. The person I would like to interview the most, the most, is Bernie Sanders. Is Bernie Sanders. Be cordial, respectful, but it would be very important, I think, because he still wants to be president, and he's still pressing his agenda, and I would love to debate him. Or let me do it this way. Have a discussion with him. But I don't think that'll ever happen. Too bad. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I gotta tell you, I pick my Casper mattress over every mattress I've ever had. Helps me get the best night's sleep, period. And once you try yours, you're gonna love it too. Switching to Casper's a no-brainer. You just take your old mattress, lean it against the wall, order your Casper, and try it out for over three months. It's a higher quality mattress at an affordable price. I'm sleeping cool and comfortably every single night. Much better than on the old overpriced mattresses I used to have. Casper ships for free in a small, how do they do that size box? They'll even pick it up and refund you everything if you don't love it. From its breakthrough design and superior quality to its packaging, it's no wonder Casper was named one of Fast Company's 50 most innovative brands of 2017. Put Casper to the test in your home for 100 nights absolutely risk-free. Go to casper.com slash mark, use code mark, Get $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. Now's the time to do this. And quickly, right before the holidays, when you have all these guests coming over. That's Casper.com slash Mark, code Mark. It's two Marks twice. Casper.com slash Mark, then code Mark. Terms and conditions apply. All right, something funny happened at the White House today. This is why I think when Trump eventually does leave the White House, we're going to miss him. I mean, he's very funny in many, many ways. And I mean that in a good way. Here he is honoring uh, the Native American code talkers today. Cut 15, go. And I just want to thank you because you're very, very special people. You were here long before any of us were here. Although we have a representative in Congress who they say was here a long time ago. They call her Pocahontas. But you know what? I like you. <laughs> and when I saw that, I couldn't stop laughing. He takes a shot at Elizabeth Warren, and she deserves every damn bit of it. And the humor's great, and we need more humor. 
Do we all have to be Nancy Pelosi for God's sakes? No, we don't. That was great. Now, of course, Elizabeth Warren's on MSLSD, like they all are over there, and she responds immediately. Cut 16, go. It is deeply unfortunate that the President of the United States cannot even make it through a ceremony honoring these heroes without having to throw out a racial slur. Look, Donald Trump does this over and over, thinking somehow he's going to shut me up with it. It hadn't worked in the past. It is not going to work in the future. And I just want to thank you because you're very, very special people. You were here long before any of us were here, although we have a representative in Congress who they say was here a long time ago. They call her Pocahontas. But you know what? I like you. And by the way, how did Elizabeth Warren know that he was talking about her? Because Elizabeth Warren is a liar. She claimed to have Native American blood, and she had none or one thirty-second, something like that, in order to promote her career. She played the system. She jumped the line. And then she dares to turn around and say, this is a racial slur. So now using the name of an actual Native American, Pocahontas, is a racial slur. She's an absolute, complete moron. And that was hilarious. James, Washington, D.C., the great WMAL. Quickly, go. Yeah, Mark, one of your other callers had it right. Do you know we got to get the lobbyists out of Congress? Because you can talk to these politicians all day long, but at the end of the day, those checks talk bigger than us, and they pretty much do what those people write the checks say, whether it be Big Med, Big Pharma, even the military complex. What military complex? The industrial military complex. Why we got to keep on? We don't have an industrial military complex. We're spending less on our military now. Our planes are crashing. We're down 2,000 pilots. We have a less than 300 ship navy when we had a 600 ship navy. Don't give me this military industrial complex crap when we have eviscerated our military. Are you in the military, sir? No. Yeah, and you never would be, would you? You never would be, would you? But you're happy to trash them. Oh, the military-industrial complex. No, we have in this country a welfare-industrial complex, a big government-industrial complex, a left-wing-industrial complex. Don't get me started. Well, we kind of did. We salute all you heroes out there, and I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for everything. Check out Levin TV tonight. I think you're going to like it. It's on North Korea. And I'll be back here tomorrow. God bless. Have a good evening.